welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, coming at you for the second time in as many days. I'm joined by LFC Josh. Josh, how you doing, man? Absolutely wonderful, right? I mean, it is a good time to be an LAFC fan, um, right? What can we truly, what can we say about this, this experience, right? Like half the time, I think whenever we are vetting in new players and these are things we, we, we have these PTSD of Andre Orta's back pass or, yeah. you know, whatever it may be, right? Like the, the one debut that we can truly say was wonderful was Diego Rossi's and that's probably about it. Right. Right. Um, right. Um, and so for, for this game to have gone off as, as well as it did, especially on the road, right. Is extremely promising. Right, and again, it speaks to the quality of the of of both Keeley and Bale, right? And like I said, it's 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 hard to imagine feeling any. I mean, I guess probably winning a cup, right? It's probably the only way that that can transcend this this regular season feeling. Mm. But again, I I don't think I've ever felt this secure with what the future has to offer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think for me, it's because you see that okay, they're they're still tread on these tires, right? Mm-hmm. They're not they're not totally cooked, um, which is more of a concern with Chiellini than it is with Bale. I think because of his age and injury history. But um, Chiellini makes his debut. LAFC win over Nashville two to one. Uh, my first impressions with Chiellini, I tweeted about it. Um, it's just interesting to see what a really competent center back can do with his feet. And the level of distribution that you got from him was something different than you see from anybody in MLS that plays on the back line, uh, let alone a center back. And uh, the the number of times that he found Chicho's feet from the back line through three lines of pressure from Nashville uh, was not surprising to me because you know that world-class center backs do this kind of stuff, right? If you watch the game in other countries and in other leagues, but it was just so, it was almost jarring to see it in this setting. Right. And it's like, if you sit back against Chiellini and you just play in like a, a mid block, a four, four, two mid block, he has enough quality just to hit balls through all sorts of pressure. It doesn't matter if it's first time, doesn't matter if he's under pressure. Um, he's going to pick out the pass that he wants, and he's just going to have it. And there's nothing you can really do about it other than defend with more uh, with more gusto. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? They Nashville was started out the game in what about a, in a four four two, yeah, or something similar. Right? I mean, I you thought, saw, yeah. I believe it was um, Sapong and Mukhtar. Mukhtar. Mm-hmm. defensively were kind of just were, were playing up high and just and again they're probably just kind of waiting about 10 yards outside the 18 yard bucks or so mm-hmm. I mean again there's a couple of times where like Max and or Chiellini are just kind of sitting and waiting right and just standing and on the ball yeah absolutely yep. right and again like a playing away playing away LAFC is perfectly content to do nothing there yeah right which absolutely. which is Awesome, because we've 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 seen this in the past from LAFC, where under Bob, right, there's this insistence to have to play this specific way almost at all costs, 
Yeah. Right. So at so then again the the patterns were almost were at a point almost so predictable, right? That it became a problem, right? And again, and maybe either that or maybe it's just because of the inexperience of the guys playing at at the back with the ball at their feet that they just get hap- they get antsy, right? Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of that. Um, but in this case, right, we're ha- those guys were just happy to just stand on it and make let make Nashville make a move, right? Like we're we're away, and again, it's refreshing to see that type of patience. Um, in that moment, because again, I think often one of the biggest things that we've always harped on this team about, right, is is not having patience on the ball, right? Yeah. To be able to to you know what whether it was Mark Anthony K or Latif or you know name ex midfielder or or center back. I thought um, I thought Chicho was was lacking a lot of patience today too, and I'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, yeah. I think I think he was a bit amped to to find the back of the net as well. For sure. I mean, again, and and he's going. I mean, he, he's a he's a goal scorer, right? So like, right. that's what he does. Um, you know, and obviously, especially if you're if you're playing for your job, right? And in in yeah. your place in the lineup next to, you know, Bale and Vela, right? You're going to probably try and do more than you probably should in that moment, right? So I get, yeah, it. yeah, right, right. But when you you know going back to um, the back that back line and their ability to kind of just sit back and, and wait the situation out, right? And again, you have heady midfielders in Acosta and Ilya, right, that were, you know, that were just waiting to find that space, right? They're, they're patient not to go early as well, right? Because a lot of times what you'll see is they'll show probably earlier than you should. Then it puts the center back in this no man's land where, you know, like, or what happened to uh, Max the other day where Ilya, he thinks Ilya is going to show and then doesn't, and then a ball gets played right into traffic. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, like I said, I, I I love I love that that patience there because I think, like I said, it gives you so much more diversity to the way that you're going to approach breaking down the the opposition there. Yeah. So we talked about you know his long range passing, his ability to play balls first time because of his awareness of what's going on in the field. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention about Keelini was he has no problem passing to guys under pressure because he knows if somebody's standing on Kellen Acosta's right hip. And I bring this up because I think it was in like somewhere between minute 20 and 25, this exact thing happened. Acosta checks in with, with Chiellini is Chiellini's kind of out towards the, uh, towards the touchline on the left-hand side of the field. And he checks in and he's got somebody on his right hip. And so Chiellini gives him the ball on his left foot, right? Kind of like communicating, like this is Marcelo Bielsa, right? Where he said, I think he's, I think the number he said was like, there's 37 different ways to communicate with a pass. <laughs> like what Chiellini is communicating there is here. You have space on this side of you. You don't have to look. You have, you know, go this way with the ball. Um, and Acosta kind of dishes it back to him. Like he wasn't ready for that pass. He's not expecting to be given the ball under that kind of pressure. But Chiellini's been doing this for years and years and years where you pass the ball to somebody under pressure because that's how it is on the international stage and in, and in Europe, right? You not only have to pass the ball to the open player, but with the right weight to the precise foot, you know, and, and like leading them in the right way, you have to communicate through your passes. And it's just something that, to see it in a center back 
uh, again, in this context, an MLS is something different. Yeah. I mean, again, I think we've been way, the, the league has never had that quality, right? At least from a passing perspective, um, at least that I've seen, right? Like, like who are the guys that we, that have been, you know, um, tabbed as that like amazing passer in major league soccer, Aaron Long. Right. Yeah. No, no. Is that, that, that's probably it, right? I can't think of anyone. I mean, offhand, you know, that I, 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 I couldn't tell you a center back that has ever passed like that in, in MLS. I like, I have no idea. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is we were we were happy with the passing that Walker brought comparatively to to like a Mario, for example. I mean, I, I, Eddie Segura, right? Is probably top class in terms of distributor from the back. Yeah, right. But, yeah, I mean, but even then, know, he's, Gielina, he's he'll make a case for defender of the year, and he'll he'll combine and everything, and you don't really have complaints because again, it's MLS, but it's like that Segura's not doing that stuff. Yeah, what is it? What's the thing? There's levels to this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that I mean, this is the case for that we saw for on all on all fronts in this game. Right, right. So it's just it's it's just interesting to see. I'm happy that Keelini still got it. You can tell that he's lost a, a step or two physically a couple of times where you know an attacker gets by him, but um with Jesus Mario there, like that's his best quality is defending one on one. He he'll put out all kinds of fires. Um well, yeah, I so, mean, it sets up it sets it up really well, right? Because if Chiellini's if Chiellini's best quality are hit, best qualities, right, are his leadership and his ability to control play, and one of the things that we've always worried about LAFC have been, especially in big games, how how they how organized they look or how antsy, right? That backline tends to get in these big moments, right, where they look a bit shook, like you know, like it's a it's a perfect, it's, you know, it's a match made in heaven in terms of a guy that you're going to yeah. pair with a Mario whose right. strengths, who's, who Mario gets stronger as the game get, goes on, right? Like I will say like, as the game goes on, you know, maybe like the last 10 minutes, you start to, you know, sweat a little bit, but you know, generally as the game goes on, Mario gets better and better and better in terms of his ability to, to, to just extinguish fires. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so, and you see it several times in this game as well, right? But then they said to have a guy like Chiellini who's going to organize it so much better, right? And and I get and as the, and time goes on, you're Mario's going to have a better understanding of when and how to move, right? So some of the some of the um, some of the chances that Nashville creates on the counter, which again, Nashville's a good cre- good counter attacking team, that is their mo, right? It's 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 bunker and go, right? Um, that I think as time goes on, you're going to see that that pairing get better and better and better. Right? And that's, that's a scary thought for the rest of the league. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, um, the level of play that they will both bring, um, and, and the ability to complement each other, you can easily see how they will be in short order, the best center back pairing in the league by, by a long shot too. Because I don't, I don't know that there's any center back in MLS that I'd rather have one v one than Jesus Murillo. And just from tonight alone, it's clear that Chiellini is, you know, far beyond what anybody else is ever going to bring you in terms of distribution. Um, 
and like you said, tactical awareness and everything. There was one time where he got matched up with, I can't remember who it was. It may have been Mukhtar on the left, on the, on their left wing, right? He kind of got, he was covering for somebody and you see him just flip his hips a couple times, just trying to jockey and show the attacker where to like show him to one side, wherever he wanted to force him to. And it ends up nothing, nothing ends up coming of it. He doesn't even put in a tackle. It's just his physical presence, right? And his ability to have the right amount of space open. Um, well, and I mean, this is a trait that we've talked about numerous times as in regard to Carlos Vela, right? Or more, but it's, I think it's true of, of class players in general, right? Is that they're, they have, because they have that gravity to them, right? And we talked about it with attackers in, in terms of their ability to draw, draw defenders into space without even having the ball, right? But in, in this case, right, it is, it is that that mind game and that ability to get people, you know, and, and again, not even just mind games, it's that plus an awareness of where your help is and understanding where everyone else is and having that, that, that total field vision that allows him to do that in that moment, right? Because again, Mukhtar should be able to just go right by him, right? Mukhtar is a good player, right? Like has been a good player in this league, you know, um, but Chiellini in that moment, right? Basically just, you know, uses the force to to move him where he wants to, knowing right. where his help's going to be, right? And it's like, you know, he can show him one way, but he knows that Escobar is going to be here, or he knows yep. that, you know, that Muriel is going to be covering behind him. And so he just has to delay for that split second, knowing that the, where the help, you know, again, but you have to have that sixth sense of, of the play to be able to do that. Right. And again, yeah. you, you just don't see that, that awareness on a regular basis in this league. No, no, you don't. Um, so, I mean, obviously the other big storyline, storyline, potentially bigger, like probably is Gareth Bale making about a 20 minute appearance. Uh, he comes on for Chicho Arango more on that sub later, but comes on and immediately looks like he's playing FIFA in easy mode. I think his first touch is like a outside of the boot flick onto Cifuentes and then the ball comes back around and it's behind the leg, like a, like a little behind the leg Cruyff type of pass. Um, I think on to Sifu again, and you can tell that it's contagious because then like Carlos is trying to back heel and like he's, it's just, he's unfazed similar to Chiellini. He's unfazed by whatever's going to come his way. Um, you know, some of the, so watching him off the ball, because once he came on, I was watching very little else other than Gareth Bale. See, where is he playing? Where is he moving? Um, and the only concern I have about him is he's waiting for players to make a move. And then he's going to interpret where to go off of what they're doing. But I felt like there was a deference there for him as well. Unless your name was Quadro Poku or Eddie Segura, where like they're waiting for him to do something. They want to see him make the run first and then play him where he's saying, go into some space and I'm going to go find space off of there where you can find me. Um, so I think, it, I think there'll be some like a feeling out period where, yeah where they learn to play together. Um, but anytime he's on the ball, you can tell he's like dribbling around in circles, coming back, doing whatever he wants. Like he's just, nobody's, nobody's going to bother him in this league. Well, and that's the thing. It's like when, when you've spent right, the, the larger part of your career going up against world-class talent, right. Right. From a defense, you know, again, and especially world-class defenders, 
right? I mean, we've had high quality attacking talent in this league, right? There's no, there's no bones about it. Like it's there, you know, like guys move on and do big things coming, you know, from an attacking perspective, but because that's where the money's spent, right? From a defense perspective, it's a little bit different, different story. Right. Yeah. Um, and in and because of that, right, when you look at the when you kind of look at the grand scheme of things, right, like there is going to be no one that phases that phases him. No, I mean, so a, a great example of this would be Nashville's in a four four two. Their back four stay rather compact throughout the game. Uh, but it's not like he's running at Diego Simeone's. Atleti, right? <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. not the, the, nothing he sees in this lay in this league is going to be terrifying to him. Like it's all going to be. I, it's not layups. These are still professionals, right? And they're well, yeah. they, they're they're quality players. Sure, they're well coached teams, but so it's not just going to be you know like he's out there a bunch against a bunch of high school kids. But you you can tell that he's got what he needs to be successful yeah. in the league just by twenty. Well, and minutes. and again, and I mean. You know, attackers of that of that level, right, aren't phased if it's Walker Zimmerman or if it's Sergio Ramos. They just don't care. Right, right, right. Like, I don't think Carlos Vela, Vela ever even again. Let's even go with Vela. I don't think Vela cares who's ever in front of him. Yeah, whether he was in La Liga, no matter what, yeah, Arsenal, whatever, he's gonna go at him because that's that's what a that's what a confident attacker will do. I'm I'm sure it goes the same for someone like Hani Mukhtar as well. Right, like or or whoever yeah. name name whatever attacker who who is at, at a you know at a, on a DP contract they probably oh, Chicho Arango didn't care how many times he failed to get by Walker Zimmerman today tonight he was going to keep trying to make him every single time he got on the ball for sure I mean they have the they have the memory of a goldfish right and in the words of Ted Lasso right like that's what you got to do now again and so when you think about that right. I think you just like you're right. It is going to take a little bit of time to figure that out. I think that yeah. you're going to see probably guys like like Apoku get phased out a little bit because of the, their inability to play with with a with a bail. Because um, again, you can see Vela get frustrated with with those guys as well, right? Like when Vela's yeah. playing with Apoku and Moose, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he, you know, he's you. You can. It's like you almost know when he's not going to make the run. Right, because he's yeah. like, I know I'm yeah. not going to get this ball back, right, mm-hmm. in a good spot. Versus, if if he's playing with Acosta or Ilié, always makes himself available, mm-hmm. one way or another, because he knows he knows that guy; those guys can serve it up, right. So I do think that there you'll you'll likely you're likely to see, right, that that partnership link up because those guys know who who are, who's going to feed them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And tonight, so <clears throat> all things considered, tonight, once he came on, it was very much like a four five one type of like Bale was oftentimes in the middle in the middle, not coming back far to defend. Um, just kind of like hanging around. You could just tell that it's like, hey man, go out there, play some striker, get moving, we'll see what happens and we'll continue to work you in and practice. When he first came in, he was on the right wing, so there's you know, there's some fluidity there already, but uh, I, I am looking forward to them finding ways to get him the ball more purposefully. And tonight there were there were two examples in this con- the concern here is that you have a player like Bale, but you have players who are just unself aware 
like, again, Mahala is out there on the ball so many times, driving, 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 bails in between lines, in space, and it's like, dude, just pass the ball away. Because if you keep driving, you're going to drive yourself into a corner, and then it's going to be too late to get him the ball to where he can be effective. Like, you don't want Opoku on the ball driving at goal when Gareth Bale is on the field and in space and you can give him the ball and he can do the same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then Eddie Segura jumps in front of him at, at some point when he's playing right back after Sebastian Ibeaga came in for Franco Escobar. And it's like, I, I genuinely don't think Eddie realized what was going on, but it's like, dude, you have to be aware of where Gareth Bale is and let him get like, you have to help him get the ball. And so like, he jumps in front of a ball and takes a couple touches and then like tries this ridiculous outside of the boot shot and like barely makes it to the keeper. And it's like, okay, guys, when we have the Ferrari on the field, like all of you are just the pit crew, right? And just like change the tires, you know, do whatever you got to do, swap out the brake pads when necessary, and then just get in the ball. And like, I mean, I think you do have to be careful of, of falling into that Kobe trap. Right, we've talked about this a lot. You know, that yeah. Yeah. is that they they'll almost do too much to try and feed Carlos Vela, right? To try and get him going or whatever, you know, to save you from a, a loss, whatever, and then it, at the detriment of the of your principles, right? right. So right. I do think there's a little bit of that, right? You have to stay true to what you do, and I think that's probably what Eddie does there, right? It's like Eddie knows that the pattern of play is to do this and then to do this, and could care less who you know. Who's there, right? To a certain degree, it may be it may be on Bill to try and fit in, to have more time to fit in and figure that out, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe Where, if Bale just closes down the ball faster and gets on it for himself, sure. then it's not a problem. And then um, at that point, right, then it becomes that that becomes smoother, right? And it, it's a little less clunky and those things, right? You know, so obviously, in on a night like tonight, you're going to forgive some of those things because again, I don't, I don't, I think these are more a matter of shaking the cobwebs off or or just kind of right? You know, greasing the tires. I don't know, whatever analogy you want to use to just try to, you know, as they try and figure out how to all play together, because, you know, I, I, I do think that there's, there's a little bit of ball watching and then there's a little bit of, you know, bail, not fully adapt, you know, you know, set it settling in yet with the team. Yeah. Well, and they're going to do purposeful things again, like you and I talk about, they're going to create a free man and Gareth Bale or Carlos Vela, and they're going to find them. And of course, you just don't want them. It's not just about lumping the ball in to him whenever you're on the ball, but um, it's those little things give you an insight into decision making. And on a night when when Cuadro Opoku was not good, he was not good tonight. Uh, I was frustrated that Bale came in for Chicho and not for Opoku because he just was so ineffective for basically the entire night um, that I, I just, man, I wanted to see some quality attacks develop with, with Gareth Bale. And we will see that in the future. Yeah. I believe um, I, I, Chardinello did speak to that in the post game and they said a lot of it had to do with what, um, what Chicha was doing on it from a defensive perspective. Right. So they talked about how, okay. especially early on in the season, he just wasn't, doing the things necessary in the press and to close guys down and to so mm. and so on and mm. so forth. And then he noted, um, I believe he noted that it was, they, he had done a lot of work to get back to that, to that point. It was my, uh, Gia None, the guy who, you know, um, one of the reporters had, um, noted that, I guess it was like 
wasn't doing a job defensively at the start of the season, worked hard, improved. You start to see him get on the field more, scoring, does doing his thing. Yeah. Um, but they said today he didn't do that very well, and that seemed mm. to be the reason why he pulled him off at that point. Right? Okay. It was just uh, from from that perspective. And again, like you know Mahal is never going to cheat you of effort, especially in the press. right? And if you're playing yeah. with Vela and Bale, those guys aren't doing a whole lot there either. So you need you do need someone to be able to come in and start close, you know, to do to do the put in the hard yards there. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, then Brian Rodriguez needs to get healthy fast because like Opoku is. We've talked about this before. When he scores, it's an absolute banger. But when he's not scoring, he's he'll set up a few things here and there. And we've talked about him being great on the dribble and breaking away. But like, man, it's just. He, he kills a lot of attacks with with what I would call young decision making, right? Um, so it's it's a bit frustrating. Not that not that Brian Rodriguez has been all that much better for LAFC, but uh, it's got to yeah, be. I better. mean, but you, you at least you have options, right? You have Jerry Trotty that's you know made came in and yeah. you know slowly yeah. making his return from injury. You hope that Brian does is able to do the same sooner. I than felt later. like that was a makeup sub because there like the ten minutes with Opoku and Bale next to each other were not. <laughs> Like Apoku was noticeably poor in like just yeah. making well, offensive but decisions. I, I mean, again, it, and it's like, like, right? It's context, right? It's like context in that situation where it's like, yeah, of course. I mean, like you stick nineteen-year-old Apoku or twenty, however old he is now, right, next to one of the best players to walk the face of the planet, and then Carlos Vela, who has always had the talent to do it the talent to be one of the best players of the planet, like you're going to see that you're going to see it's going to be become more apparent, right? As opposed to when he's next to Musovsky. I mean, yeah, it's going to, it's going to show more for sure. Right. Like it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a, I don't know, a red stain on a white shirt or whatever, you know, for whatever sure. you want. <laughs> but like the contrast is definitely going to be there, but it, it, I mean, he was poor in the, in the 70 minutes before that as well. But it, I mean, it yeah. doesn't really matter. He's, He's he's, you know, the fifth or sixth forward on the on the roster. Um, other guys that I, I feel like struggled tonight. I, I thought Ilya really struggled defensively. He obviously gives away the penalty. Uh, I think he's a bit unlucky unlucky to get tripped up, and like right at the moment as he's like pulling a jersey. The funny thing is, Chiellini gets away with a jersey tug on on Zimmerman in that same play. Ilya gets knocked over as he's doing it, so he drags CJ Sapong to the ground. Um, Nashville were really good on set pieces. Zimmerman had two or three open headers. Grippo did a, a good job on that one, the one that leads to the penalty, uh, to come out and and just cut out the cross from from reaching Zimmerman. But uh, I, I thought Nashville did a good job of just basically posting up one of the one of their forwards, one of their strikers either Sapong or I, th- I felt like it was more often Mukhtar would just get on Ilya and just like dare him to try and defend him. And it didn't really go Ilya's way. So I think that's why you see the blessing sub and then Acosta move back. But I don't know. What do you think of Ilya? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the way, obviously the way that the Nashville is set up right in that four four two, right. It's going to put him under a fair amount of pressure. Right, and then he's gonna be, and our, you know, and when we're pushing numbers forward, right, he's gonna be outnumbered, <laughs> so it's gonna put him in some, in some bad spots here and there, right? They just have numbers, um, 
you know, their four to our three. So, you know, and again, and you see it, especially when we're pushing up our fullbacks as well, right? That's, that tends to be where he was getting caught in some space and some of those different things. So again, like generally speaking, right? Has Ilya been one of the best players in the league this year? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Um, No, but guys are allowed to have off nights. But he's also, you know, it's, it's like one of these things where it's like, he's 31 and, you know, and not getting younger and some of these different things. And so you're going to have these moments where you can bring in a Latif and just let Latif do Latif, especially at the end of the game. Right. Like, you know, like that, that is where this roster build really shows itself. And like, you know, I say, and allude back to our, our, the podcast we we recorded with Ben last night, um, your ability to bring in a bunch of these guys that cost somewhere between, you know, one fifty and three hundred thousand dollars, right? Really, just raises the floor significantly, especially when yeah. your your one million dollar guy, right, isn't quite hitting that day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, Ilya has always been more of a Sergio Busquets uh, number six, right? He's he's not going to destroy plays. He's going to be. Um, aware of what's going on in the field, get himself into the right spot. He'll make tackles when, uh, when absolutely necessary. Um, but a lot of his games, interceptions and then pace setting when we're in possession. Um, and he's, he's been great at it. It's just tonight. Like it, it's, they needed somebody a little bit more physical and they went with that sub. So no harm, no foul. He'll start the next game and he should, um, Let's talk about Ryan Hollingshead because he, I feel like his movement into the attacking third is what caused both goals today. I felt like LAFC, when they were playing on the counter, were having a hard time getting numbers forward. And part of that, part of that was honestly finding Chicho too fast from Chiellini, right? And Chicho mm-hmm. gets on the ball. He would drop in front of the center back. So he's the one in the space between the, the back line and, and, and the midfielders for Nashville gets on the ball, and then he would turn and just run straight at Zimmerman. And Zimmerman did a great job 1v1 today of just shutting him down completely. Uh, but like you said, shooters are going to shoot. Yeah, It's like huh? strikers are always going to go at that defender because it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to get through him. Um, and I, I felt like we just needed to find a way to get numbers forward. The first goal happens as Hollingshead intercepts a ball and we already have numbers forward, and he just drives into that space in between the two lines and then plays the pass that I think Sifu dummies. Arango takes a great touch around the last defender and then goes and gets on the ball and kind of like has this cheeky little finish. Uh, a, a great goal. I think this is what Chicho does best. He When he just combines and then makes a run off of it and you find him around the top of the 18 or inside inside the penalty area, that's where he's at his best. I, I, I don't want to call him a poacher because he's not like, he's not Chicharito or, uh, uh, or Wondolowski, right? It, he's, he's good in tight spaces, but you just don't want him running like a 10, right? You don't want him on the ball and running. Um, yeah. You I mean, want him I've, arriving. Absolutely. Like, I think he's, he's the, he's the case of, the case of like you just don't want him to dribble, right? You want him to make that yeah. initial pass and then yeah. make the move, right? Yep. Versus the poachers in in the Wondolowskis or the Chicharitos, right? Like you want them just to get the on, like they're going to find a way to get on the end of it, yeah, right, and then finish that case off. Like Chicho can combine, right? Yeah, but he what, can. 
right? He's able to combine. And like I said, and it's the one thing that I've I've been impressed with because for the longest we saw he had he was struggling to combine with other. They were kind of always in the same spots, mm-hmm. and and you know, but what what I think has happened because Vela has just been so much willing has been willing to become that distributor, right? Is that he can if if they play these like quick one twos that's where he's the most effective right where it's like you find him and then someone else has to make a a, a run where he and then who by which he can pl- pass and then make another one off of it yes right exactly um, right right whereas you know so then Hollings had like you were saying by Hollings had pushing up into that space right because Vel is dropping off in the build up or dropping down in the build up you need someone in that half space to be able for him to play with right it's been sifu as of late Right, Sifu has been really good about getting forward, and because neither the best thing about it is neither Sifu nor Arango have to make the thread the threaded pass. Uh-huh. They have to make they have to play the one two. Now the people that are making the threaded pass are Carlos Vela and Kellen Acosta, which both of them are excellent at playing that ball. Right, so I think that's why right. you see the attack look so much better. Is they're playing to their strengths, right? Like I yeah. said, and I mean again, a couple times today. Right, you saw Arango try to do a little bit too much. Right, again, perfect. Like, I want him to have that nose for goal. Right, but again, he's at his best where he can play quick one twos with with someone else in the half space, um, or or you know, or if like I said, if if Vela or one of the, one of those other you know, or Acosta can find you know can put a ball into space. Right. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to him being able to one on one and take take you know like. His take on rate is very low. Let's put it that way, right? If, if there's yeah, a whatever he, stat that's that just, he's not who he, he's not a winger, right? Like yeah. that's just, he, and he's not he's not an attacking midfielder. He's he, like that's not his game, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. Like we don't want him to do that. We wanted to do we wanted to do nine things, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I like what you said too about like um, it doesn't have to be a Rongo or Sifu playing that through ball. It can be Vela or Acosta. And on the second goal, Hollingshead, again, is forward. He's on the ball. They kind of play around the ball, makes his way out to the right wing. Vela gets on the ball, cuts back inside, like we've been talking about so much the past couple of weeks. And who's on the front line waiting for service now? It's Ryan Hollingshead, right? And Vela chips this ball over the back line. Hollingshead breaks at the right time. Uh, and his shot is off the post. Yeah, he has a headed effort off the post. Arango's and Arango's right there, like he's in a good position to clean it up if it doesn't go off the post. Yeah, and does a good job uh, to stay onside too, right in that moment. Yeah, and then and then get out of the way of the play so he's not called offside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sifu's the one that 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 puts it away. But again, you see movement from Arango there. You see Hollingshead stepping into into space to help and get more numbers against that Nashville defense that's set in. And then you see Vela as the as the distributor, um, which is like these are these are themes that we keep seeing over and over and over and over again, uh, and we we did get a look at it with Gareth Bale as well. Vela overcooked the pass, and Bale and Bale wasn't able to get to it. But yeah, um, but I mean that ball that Vela plays is absolutely sublime. Oh yeah, no, it's it's and like nine times out of ten, it's perfectly accurate. So. As soon as they as soon as they get their timing dialed in, it's going to be lights out for for the rest of MLS. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean even I'm talking about the one on the goal, right? Like that, like Vela doesn't get the assist oh, there, right? Oh, because yeah, because yeah. he puts it off the puts it off. Uh, Hansen puts it off the post, 
but I mean, right? Could you right. have could you have played a better ball on a looping cross? No, right? like I mean, there's not a whole lot of space there. No, to, for sure. To, like to drop that ball into, like there's few guys in the world who can make that pass, right? Two of them yeah. play for Liverpool, right? <laughs> who, who can drop it? You know, like that's yeah. a that's a Trent Alexander Arnold ball. Yeah, that you see right. them play regularly to Sadio Mane on the back post, right? But it's not to Mane our left more. Right, it, but it's to the left back. Yeah, right, right, right. So again, like you know, I think like and and you see Carlos perfectly happy to do it, and I think that's the other part you can't, yep. you know, like it's really interesting to see him grow into this new role, right? It's like, um, guys who figure out that you know, like you know, to like look at other sports, right? It's like the NBA is probably the best the best example of it, or it's like guys who find that ladder that that new role in the latter parts of their career. And then guys yeah. who just can't figure it out. Right. Like mm-hmm. Kobe, right. Mm-hmm. Was never, was always going to be Kobe. Right. But Ray Allen could go from a one-on-one score to a dead eye three point shooter. Right. 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 And, and I think Carlos Vela, because of his attitude is the perfect person to be able to like, again, like, I don't think he has, I don't think he had pride that, there's no there's no pride in him that made him a goal scorer. He just did it because he's capable, right? right. And yeah. in this case, he's a he's, mercenary. Yeah, and so in this case now, right? He's he's able to kind of find find joy and find you know this ability to now become a distributor. And I don't yeah. think the league is ready for that. Right, right. So what what I would like to the last thing I want to say about the attack is what I would like to see here begin to to flesh out a little more. Chiellini tried to hit Bale a couple times. Those passes didn't come off as much as they did to Chicho. But I want to see midfielders aware because did be they totally play together? Fair, no, I didn't. I didn't think they were on at all. Because who's that? Ba- Chiellini came off at the 60th minute for Segura, and then Bale no, came on at no. 70. Did I say Bale? I meant I meant Chiellini and, and Vela. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Sorry. He tried to hit like the the full on diagonal. Those might come off eventually too. Um, but the the Chiellini to Chicho thing that I want to talk about is it's not just Chicho getting on the ball and being like, I'm going to go score now, right? I'm almost to zone 14. I'm going to go score. It's the midfielders have to be aware that Chiellini can bypass them completely mm-hmm. <laughs> and hit Arango, right? Because now what we need, like you said, is we need combination play. It needs to go to Arango, who drops in front of the center backs. The center backs step and the ball immediately it's a, we talked about it last week, right? With the galaxy, the, the the midfield bounce, where there's a third man run being made off of the Chiellini ball. Yep. So whether it's a Costa on one side or Sifu on the other, Arango plays that ball and then is now running back into the box to get service. Yeah. Well, I and mean, and this is going to be wide or be yeah. or be slipped through, but and that third man run is going to become extremely important be, in general. Right, like like you were saying, like yeah, the, the, yeah, him playing that that full diagonal to Vela, right? Like Vela will be able to pull that out into his foot, yeah. But you don't need Vela in that moment to now try and take a guy on one on one. What you want is the second that ball is played to Chiellini, I need to see, you know, Acosta or Sifu in the half space yeah. making that run so that Vela has that now opportunity to either take it inside on his foot or play yeah. the ball into space for the for for one of those two and a half strikes who can now play a one, two with Chicho. Yeah. Right. Or with, well, or and, with and Bale that's, or that's exactly, I mean, it could be Escobar making that third man run off of Vela as well. Right. Uh-huh. Around the outside. Uh, the third man is just like, it's, it's again, a very simple concept, 
based on possession football, but it's like, it's kind of everything, right? Yeah, That's like one yeah, of the most true, basic but- ways to get somebody open because everybody orients on the ball, especially if it's going to somebody like, ah, their, their goal score, Chicho's going to get on the ball. Vela's getting going to get on the ball. So everybody yeah. orients to them and they don't watch the runners. It's, and- but you, but you have to also be able to trust that the, that our guys are going to make the play. Right. So yeah, like, yeah. for example, like if, if we're, pl- I'm not, like I said, I talked about earlier, like Carlos Vela not making the run if the ball goes to, yes. you know, yes. like a moose or or yeah. or a poku, right? Like, I don't want Carlos Vela making that run because it's a Correct. waste of it's a waste of his time, right? It's a waste of calories, absolutely. <laughs> Preserve those calories, right? As opposed to, like I said, if you're playing a long diagonal, with Carlos Vela, right, you're gonna make that run because the assumption that is he's gonna bring it down and then feed you, right? You don't have yeah. to play with hesitancy in that moment. And a lot of times it's playing when you play with that hesitancy is when the play doesn't look smooth and it gets disjointed and so on and so forth. And for yeah. a long time, we haven't had that quality around the last couple of years, right? We just haven't had that quality to be able to make those runs with confidence. Right. And, right. I, and I think today's right. today's that like I said, is is that is the turning point at which now you can really say, okay. Whether it's Segura on the ball, whether it's Chiellini on the ball, or Acosta, you know, like how many guys are going to be able to hit? Or do you feel confident with both the pass and the re- and the reception? Right, it's like right. seven people, yeah. right? Compared yeah. to a year, like a year ago, it's two. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, let's let's go through this potential starting eleven, right? Uh, Bale, Chicho. Vela, Acosta, Sifu, Ilie, Palacios, Chiellini, Murillo, Escobar, or Hollingshead. At, at this point, they—I mean—they both seem like they could easily play there. And then Crapo. It's like you trust almost everybody's feet. Like Murillo is the one that you trust the least. But like, but Murillo's still better right than center? yeah. And but Murillo's yeah. better than fifty percent of the league. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So like of of that of that of that. You know, like maybe it's not even the starting lineup, right? But of that lineup, that's your your strongest lineup, right? Like at the moment, I'd say so. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's Mario and Sifu mm-hmm. that you're like, mm, I, I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit. I'm gonna be hesitant, but again, yeah. it's hesitant, not not trusting it, right? right. Like maybe you right. take an extra an extra second because you're not, you know, like you're gonna have to take an extra touch or whatever it may be. Right, but everyone else on that team, I'm confident they're going to put the ball and they're going to be in the right space. Yeah, and That's I mean, basically, weird. all you're saying is uh, Jesus Murillo is not Gerard Piquet, right? Yeah, and Sifu is not. I don't know. He's he's not Javi, right? Well, yeah. of course, that's not why they're on the field. Yeah. So, yeah. but I mean, but Sifu finding an ability to be a scoring forward and to get into the right spaces with confidence, right? Okay, like we know what yeah. he is. Right? right, like he's a guy that is going to be deadly in the half space. Yep. Right. Well, and I mean, to be fair, like remember, I mean, when we first unveiled the whole Ross Barkley idea because he was a scoring threat, this is what Vince said. Right? Is yeah. they, they they see Sifu in that in that in that light. Yeah. And it's well, taken I mean, a while, and it's up and down with him for sure. But and you get a little bit less of the passing, right? But but again, but yeah, yeah, his. Because you have an Acosta, because you have a couple of these other guys around, then you're fine with it, you know. So, right. again, like there's always going to be trade offs in Major League Soccer because of 
you know, the archaic rules by which we <laughs> How dare you thing. say that, Josh? How dare right. you say something like in this league? How dare I'm just you? saying, um, you know, <laughs> like the, we, the fact that we had to spend an hour talking about Tam Gam and I Pam, know. you I know. know, like, I don't know. Like it's a great episode. I learned, I learned, I listened to it again today because I was like, I, I got to see if I actually like absorbed all of it and I didn't. So uh, yeah. it, it is a great episode. Ben did a great job. Yeah. Um, anyway, anything else you want to get, get to from this game, Josh? I mean, the depth is wild. Like, yeah, I, again, yeah. like, like, like the fact that again, like, yeah, you bring on, you bring on Ibiaga and you bring on Segura. This and is you don't need, and, and you really don't even have to bring on Ibiaga if Escobar is not on a yellow and, and Palacios is in Palacios is there. Is, is, yeah. is there, you know, like, you know, again, so the fact that you can weather those storms and you're, you're generally, and everyone, you're generally not that worried. Like, you know, is, yeah. do we want Ibiaga playing 90? Probably not. Right. But is he serviceable in the last, 15 minutes of a game? Sure. No. <laughs> no. You know, I mean, or, but I you have I him. I can't watch him play, Josh. Especially after Chiellini, like, okay, so this is at this point, I feel like we're beating a dead horse, but like, here we go. Um, The good news about this is it does seem like Eddie Segura can be an emergency right back when you, when you need him to be. And like, that's good. I, I welcome, I welcome him playing there. I, I think he plays well when he, Either plays defensive mid or as a as a fullback. Uh, I have no problem with that. My problem was with Ibeaga when he came in. Even though there's only one striker posted up in between him and Mario, it was like Ibeaga was marked out of the game. There was a point where Hollingshead is on the ball, trying to trying to buy some time, trying to buy some time, trying to buy, and Ibeaga is just standing there and like not trying to get open, not trying to move, and Hollingshead ends up getting dispossessed because he's got nobody to play the ball to. And then he nearly gives away a, a penalty on uh, on a headed ball into the ground because he's like trying to fight with the striker, and it's just like, dude, I can't, I can't watch you, I can't watch you do this. And, and well, then, but then at the same time, isn't that more of an indictment on whatever the heck is happening with Mamadou Fall? Yeah, and so I, I asked. I'm not going to give away who, uh, but the the main reason is apparently because of what happened after the Open Cup match against the Galaxy when he was getting confrontational and everything. But I mean, this is like two months ago. Like we got to get that. I, and maybe, maybe, maybe more happened. And, you know, he didn't want to hear about having to correct anything. Maybe he's just a complete hothead. I don't know. But they got to fix that because knowing that Mamadou Fall is such a better player than Sebastian Ibeaga, but continually having to go to Ibeaga instead is an indictment on somebody. Yeah, and it's but I mean, the rules it, are too strict, or or fall is so far out of line that it might not be salvageable. Yeah, I mean, again, there's there's levels of professionalism as well, right? And everything yeah, that we've yeah. heard is that Ibiaga has been a consummate professional throughout this yeah. whole process, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's just a matter of that, right? It's like, do you, especially in some of these moments, especially if you have a guy like Chiellini, right? Like, yeah, maybe you bring him in to to try and figure that stuff out. Right, but in the meantime, you have you have to have a guy. You have to have people on the field that are going to that are going. You know, regardless of that, you know, get the talent. He has all the talent in the world, but at the same time, right? I mean, as a coach, right? Sometimes you have to go to that guy. 
right? And again, you know, like yeah. much to our chagrin, but I mean, the team's winning. So, I mean, it's hard for me to argue otherwise. Right. No, that's point. a completely fair point. That's a completely fair point. And the defense has been good, even with Ibeaga there, even though there's like other parts of the game that suffer as a result. But it's completely fair to, be, to say, like, dude, argue with the results if you want. But <laughs> LAFC are, have, have played really well with him as a part of it. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, I, I hope they're able to sort it out and figure it out with with fall. Because, again, to to be able to have him as that guy. Yeah. Right. That's coming in in that moment or whatever it may be. Right. With a Segura as well. Like if Mamu yeah. falls your, your fourth center back. Yeah. That is an embarrassment of riches. I mean, it already yeah. is, yeah. right? But again, right now we're going to Ibiaga in that moment. You know, again, we and again, in the normal circumstances, we probably don't have to go there, right? Like, if everyone's healthy, right? It's it's Palacios, Escobar, and and um, and Hong's head rotating on the outside, and then inside you're going to have that rotation of the three of of Segura, Gilini, and and Murillo, and you don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is it's probably just Palacios and Escobar starting and Hollingshead coming in on either whatever side you need. Right. Yeah. Uh, Wherever you need him to score more goals or create more chances, that's what you do. Yeah. Gosh, it's it's hard to, again, arguing with results. Right. It's hard to argue against his involvement on the (laughs) on those two goals from the day. So, yeah, I mean, he just I mean, he just has a knack for I mean, we've talked about, you know, like. Did the things that Stephen Bateshore and Jordan Harvey always show up on the stat sheet? No, but those guys just right. did what it did what you needed to to win games, right? Mm-hmm. And we haven't we hadn't had that for a long time, yeah. Right until yeah. you brought in Hollingshead, you know, and again and same and and Escobar, right? Because again, those are, these are just guys that just get it, right? And again, that's I can go back to, you know, like you know, to shamelessly plug the last episode, right? This is why you have to have those U twenty two things squared away, yeah. Right? So absolutely. whatever you got to do to make those things happen, that that's that's where it is. Yep. All right, let's get into some questions here. We'll try and get through them quickly so we don't go too far over an hour. Uh, Mike Oxlong, we need to bring in another goal scorer, whether it be a striker or attacking midfielder, DP. Bale and Vela are going to attract so much more attention if we can have someone else produce as good or better than Chicho, we're set. I'm also a bit nervous that with Bale and Vela both on the pitch, neither of them will do much def- much defensive work. Defense is going to have to be top-notch. Um, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a fair critique. I, I think uh, on that yellow card that Escobar got, I think Bale was a little bit slow to rotate over and, and pressure on the, the initial ball in. But I, I think it's just him trying to figure out where he's supposed to go and win. And, you know, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time to work on all those little uh, details of, of the game. Well, and again, and, and I, and to be fair to those, to both Vela and Bale, they will turn it on when they need to, right? Like, uh, a, yeah. an away game in Nashville. It's probably super humid, right? In the middle of July, I'm not going to be that worried about those guys not pressing at 100%. Right. Right. Because they bring so much other quality to the game. Yeah. Right? Well, so, and the other, that's a good point, too, because, like, if both Bale and Vela play 90 minutes, are you just up one goal? Yeah. Probably not. Like yeah. Probably it's probably multiple goals that you're up, right? So uh, you might you might trade some defense for for some extra firepower in the attack where you 
you're get you're betting on yourself to score three goals a game now, and I, yeah. I don't see and, why and that's, that's out of the up, possibility. And that's the upside of having Acosta play the eight, right? Is that he can put in more work defensively should you need him to, right? And like and drop deeper right. and to figure those things right. out and know when to do it without having to be, you know, to have the, you know without having to pause the game and hit R two in in the team management menu, right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Acosta is just going to do those things because that's what professionals do. Yeah. Right. And so um ultimately, right, I think in at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's that trade off, but those guys will turn around when they need to, right? Like especially, you know, especially as they come towards playoff time. And then the upside of it too is that you're not the rate things are going, you're not traveling for playoffs either. You're playing all those games at home. So yeah. those guys are going yeah. to be more than happy to turn that up because you're comfortable with the pitch, you're comfortable with the situation, you know, the spacing, all these different things. 52. Yeah, yeah. It's a right? different like, different ball game. Yeah. So again, like I under, I understand the you know like you know it, it the concern, right? But I think but I think like I said because of the depth, I don't need them to press that much, right? We can bring in Rod, you know, B Rod and 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 you know Apoku and whoever we need to to work to put in those hard yards and then go from there. Yeah. All right, next one, Tom Camilleri. Wanted to ask about our old friend Walker Zimmerman. We know Triple G loves him some MLS guys. But don't you think Zimmerman has earned his way into the US, into his USMNT spot? I was cheering against him tonight, but was still like, stop trying to challenge him straight up, guys. Uh, I, I mean, he's been the most consistent center back under Greg Berhalter. Uh, I think John Brooks is, I think he was really hard done. I, I don't know what it is that happened there or if like Brooks ran over Berhalter's puppy or something. And that's why all this has gone down. But Zimmerman has been the most consistent center back and tonight he showed that he can shut down one of the top goal scorers in the league over and over and over and over again. So um, I, I, I mean, he's, he's locked in for me as part of the starting lineup. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have to trade some things off. But when you get to the world cup, are you really playing that much possession? Yeah, right, right. Right, it's like there, 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 there is a realization, I think. It's like as much as we want to change the narrative, like with in the in the long run, right, which is going to come more from how we coach our youth and these different things, right? For the present, we still have to be pragmatic, right? And and that, yeah. and I think that that's why we love Trundle, right? It's just like, okay, like I'm not going to put, Keelini into situations where he's playing one on one all the time, right? Or yeah. having to do this, that, or the other. I'm not going to ask Mario to be the one that's going to hit line breaking passes, right? We're going to have Keelini yeah. do that, right? Like, and so when it comes down to it, say you get out of the group stage and then you're matched up against a team that is just superior in possession. Why is everybody miss the, the perfect guy to have there? Because that guy, yeah, he's going to head away crosses, going to get you. He's going to, he might, he'll probably be the number one target on a on a set piece. Yeah. Um, and and he's going to be able to sh- you know he's going to do their thing to shut down the attack and then get you on the counter, yeah, right? He's yeah. perfect at doing that, right? And so yeah. again, there's a reason why he's one of the best defenders in the league or the best defender in the league at this point, right? But yeah, and he's decent enough on the ball, right? Whereas for what yeah, you probably yeah. need him to do, I'm a, you're you're good with it. Yep, I think I think a lot of what you said about having to be pragmatic and everything. The, well, the reason that Greg Berhalter got himself in so much trouble is because he's the one that went out and launched the campaign about changing the way that the world sees American football, right? 
uh, I should say American soccer because then it sounds like the NFL if I say American football, but he's the one that put himself in that position by saying, we're going to go out and we're going to play this really ambitious style. And then was like, Christian Roldan, go Jordan Morris, go like those guys aren't capable of playing that way. Uh, even in MLS, let alone, um, on the international stage. But anyway, uh, Tom has another one here. The game was a slog, not in the least due to the miserable weather, but it bodes well for LAFC to win the second half again and hold on and win that type of game. Can't wait till Bale is fully integrated. Do you think Sifu has heard us asking for a cam? Seems inspired. Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think I don't I think Sifu has realized what he's really good at. Right. And it and it helps to play alongside guys who are better at the things he's not good at. This is it for me. Right. Right. It's it like is, he's not playing next to Latif anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. again, and, and Vela has been more than willing to come in and do those things, right? We're, you're not, because we're not reliant on Carlos to score a thousand goals a game. Right. Right. Now he can help in, in the buildup, which now gets Sifu into goal scoring positions. Right. Yeah. Because now you're essentially the rotation becomes Carlos becomes your, your, your attacking midfielder and Sifu mm-hmm. becomes the forward. Right. Yeah. And then you have Acosta and, and Ilya holding. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I can't ask for a better rotation. <laughs> no, no. I mean, given, and, and, given the roster. And it takes the responsibility off of him to do that stuff. Uh, would would this team be even better with a DP level attacking midfielder to play that spot? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, of course it would be. Um, but I think you're seeing, you're seeing a guy who's comfortable in his role uh, as long as the right personnel is around him, he it's it like the mistakes that he makes aren't going to be as obvious, right? Yeah, and, but when he's and playing I think next the one, and all the attacks stall, then it's like okay, well, yeah. And I think the other part of it too is that it allows you to consider the future as well as the present, right? Like that's basically mm-hmm. what it is, right? It's like you can you're now able to to now manage both your future as well as the present because you now have those. You know, you have with with like I said, with your roster spots with all these different things. Like if you're hitting on those U twenty two initiatives, it gives you a lot of room to be able to do it, right? So then again, you don't have to rush a DPN to to do you know to fill it, figure out this role. You can bring in a you know a you another younger DP, right? And you know, and figure out what to do with the roster compliance in a year's time, right? With yeah. with with bail, so. yeah. All right, next one at from Cheap Seat. I love how many things Acosta does on the pitch. He commits smart fouls, makes himself open for passes, and is always ready to stir things up. I just don't see him finding meaningful minutes in Europe. Would love to see him stay long term. Uh, you and I have talked about about it several times about how he is a great fit for LAFC. Um, we know that he wants to go to Europe. Josh, do you, do you think there's a landing spot where he could be an integral part? to a to a club where would that be do you think i mean he again his ability to play as like basically like the shuttler right that that's basically his best role right is a guy who can who can drop deep then also get forward and 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 pass i would say the tough thing is it's like if you're I, I don't know. I like. I feel like I don't know. Is it is it a better move to go to a bottom end Premier League team or a Championship team? Like, is that better football? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't see right him now. as a Premier League uh, player. Um, I don't. I I don't know that his game is all that well suited to the championship. Like, he's he's got more finesse than that, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe if it's like a top table championship team that's like yeah. trying to like somebody that just went down and needs a budget player that's going to help them get back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see that. Or uh, like, I mean, he could probably think, play on a team like a mid-table Bundesliga team, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or like, even if you wanted to go to like one of the bigger Dutch teams, um, yeah. he's probably he, he might. I, I don't know that he'd fit at Ajax. Maybe, maybe he'd be at that level. Um, but the question is, it's like, what, what is it? A, is it actually a progressive move in your career? I don't know. I think if you went to PSV or to Ajax, where you're going to play Champions League, most likely. True, like, but if the you question go to is Champions like, League team, then yeah, the way that those guys operate from a from a roster build perspective is that a guy that they're even going to look at, right? Like, like yeah. those guys are are notorious for bringing in, you know, that it's finding that young talent and develop developing them, so they make their Champions right. League runs like once every right. three years. And then sell everyone for hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So I mean, this is the tough thing. Is like, uh, I don't know. I think I think for him because he's a bit of a tweener, right? Where he plays as a central midfielder for for LAFC as an eight, and then for the USMNT, he's clearly a much better fit at the six. Like that's just he's he needs a little bit more time and space on the ball. He can use his physicality to kind of like get back you know, whatever he's lacking in, uh, in other parts of his games, he can use his physicality at the six to, to help with that. So, ah, uh, I, I, it's, it's tough for me to know where exactly he would land. And I think, I think, yeah, mid table Bundesliga, he might go and, and be able to be a contributor. Um, or like we said, you know, a championship team is trying to get back into the prem. Um, or Serie maybe, a, maybe, right. It could be a, a landing spot there. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, but then again, it's kind of like, why is he going over there? Is it just yeah. to get to Europe? I guess. I guess if you go to an Italian team, then uh, again, mid-table Italian team, then you're over there. You're doing the thing. If yeah, the you, problem. Maybe... The problem is that he he will have because of the again again the because of the roster stuff, he will have outgrown Major League Soccer, right at that yeah. at that point yeah. at the point of he is in his career. Like it's like. My thing is like if you take if you take the training wheels off, I'm happy to pay Kellen Acosta two million dollars to be a, a, a like a cornerstone for LAFC. Are you saying LAFC is the new golden prison like PSG? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know what I'm saying. It's like like he's a guy you know that like does so many good things for you that you're happy to have yeah. him be here, right? I mean, and, and, this, so to bring up a guy that we don't like, Aaron Long, right? Aaron Long had a had a deal lined up for Liverpool and Red Bull wanted 15 million dollars for him which is insanity right cuz he's worth more to Red Bulls than he is to to Liverpool right so ah, it it is tough sometimes yeah and so again to find the right landing spot versus you know versus again like Acosta is you know constantly going to be in like you know the upper echelon of the league, right. In terms of, of yeah. ability and talent. So I don't know, again, it, it depends on what he wants. And, and, you know, I think like guys like, um, 
like probably what four or five years old like a dax mccarty finds himself in that weird situation where you're like probably overperforming for major league soccer but not quite good enough to really make a make a big splash overseas yeah right yeah and i mean he was even more fringe usmnt than than acosta is though yeah so but i think it's i think it's a fair comparison so I, I I don't know if he wants to go. I think the best thing the LAFC can do is to is to facilitate it. I think you have to maintain good relationships and a good reputation among the players. They're like, hey, we're going to help you achieve your goals, even if we would love to have you longer. Uh, we're going to help you get to where you want to go. But anyway, all right. Next one is from at Lavanda Popular, Chicho Golasso. If he continues to play like this, he'll be well worth the DP tag. If Sifu continues to play like this, he'll solve our missing cam problem. When Chiki and Escobar are both healthy, we will be scary on both sides. How fun is it to see Chiellini and Bale in black and gold? Josh, you want to tee off on any of those? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to disagree with anything that was just written now. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, that's like probably the best way to encapsulate the feelings of, you know, like the positive vibes and feelings of the, of the fan base at the moment. And so, yeah. yeah. So you said something less. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, like there's things that we can work on, right. You know, we're, we're always the ones that are going to be quick to point some of those things out. Right. But at the end of the day, man, it's just like, sometimes when you look, you know, when you, when you really take a step back and, and, and stop nitpicking, you're like, Oh man. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Comparatively to the rest of the league, golly, mm-hmm. we're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. So you said something last night about sometimes you don't want the big name as the DP, and you just you want production. And sometimes that looks like we talked about like the second-rate Argentines or <laughs> Uruguayans or you know whatever it is, but they're not always these massive superstars. And Chicho does a lot of really special things. We saw it again tonight. The goal that he has is great. It is a great goal. The best thing about it is his touch around the defender and then hustle inside the box to get into a position where he can finish it. Um, I would hate, I would absolutely hate to move him just to take a speculative stab at another striker, like a DP striker. Because you know that Chicho works, right? Mm-hmm. You know that you can probably get between, I don't know, 12 and 20 goals a season from this guy. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I mean, and the tough thing is it's like, this is where the roster rules are stupid, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, let me pay the guys I, you know, like, let me pay Chicho, let me pay Acosta, let me pay Ilya, whatever it need whatever I need to pay them to keep him on this team. Right? Like Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason there's no reason that we're gonna have to make this weird decision to ship him out or to bring someone else in simply because of roster compliance. That is yeah ridiculous. And it's why you and I will never defend anything that the league does because of stupid stuff like that. Right. Because right. that's not growth, right? Like holding back, you know, a franchise for the sake of quote unquote parody because the rules committee decided it was going to be a good idea is right. just, you know, or to save money for X owner or whatever it may be, or I don't know. So 
again, I think ultimately, like I said, my are like the LAFC may be forced into a decision they don't want to have to make. Same thing with Walker, right? Yeah, but yeah. a lot of it is just because of the 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 ridiculous mechanisms of the league. But this is it's it's see, I'm going to go on a mini tirade against the league, and then we'll move on. But um, this is one of the things like because the league holds teams holds teams back. Like how how much did LAFC struggle defensively because he had to get rid of Walker? And to think that like because of some silly roster mechanism, you can't give Chicho a raise without making him a DP. And there's all these other things you have to, that you have to balance out. Like imagine holding LAFC back again from becoming a great team or anybody in the league, right? Imagine holding NYCFC back because I don't know, somebody, somebody big wanted to sign, but for whatever reason, they couldn't make it work with the roster and who they had. Like, Good teams are what is going to make this league have credibility, right? It's not. It's not that. Oh well, we have all these players on all these different teams, or you know, it's not that you have big crowds in all these different cities. I think that's part of it. But when you have good teams like Seattle win CCL, that's what brings your league credibility, because then it's like, oh, these teams in MLS actually can play. When people tuned in to see. Chiellini played tonight and they saw a guy that was doing great things on the ball. That's what gives your league credibility, but just, you know, like making Colorado marginally better or relatively better because you're holding back LAFC or NYCFC or galaxy or whoever doesn't actually make your league better. Uh, and doesn't increase the quality, but anyway, are you ready to go on to the next question? Yep. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, next one at Justin 33 W first game in the books for our guys looked promising. Bale has a physical presence that I don't think we've ever had in our front three. No, definitely not because there's like maybe two, three other guys who are at Bale's level that have played in this league. Favorite thing about these two is how we have players that can make passes and stretch the field that we've only dreamed of. Yeah. I mean, we surmised that in earlier when we would talk about like the way that this roster is built right there's like nine 11 guys you trust you trust to put yeah them to put yeah. a ball in the right spot and in even in our best year as a franchise 2019 you really only trusted at twesta and, and carlos yep to yep. do that absolutely so. all right next one at yo-yo torre 66 keelini had me nervous i assume that's because of like one-on-one defending against fast attackers because everything else was phenomenal. Uh, Bale's first touch looked good. Of course, he's a world-class player. Uh, It just shows how much further other players around him have to go. LAFC needs a cam ASAP and a good one. I think this is all kind of stuff that we've talked about so far, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's like a really good problem to have, right, that our, our... our cam that we're complaining about is a guy that's scoring multiple goals in Sifu. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm yeah. Like, you know, and again, like thus because of the way that and the way they've been able to adjust is Carlos Vela essentially becomes your cam. And having Gareth Bale instead of a Musovsky or a um or, or a a Poku making those runs. And now instead you have right. Chicho and Bale, right? Like again, I I I, I actually don't know how much of, like I said, is it, would it be nice? Sure. 
I don't know if it's as much of a necessity as I thought now seeing it come into full fruition, right? Yeah. I think now the opportunity, and, and especially after the conversation we had with Ben yesterday, I I do think now the move is to go with a younger profile and let them develop. Yeah, yeah. This kind of leads into the next question. Afram Chief Seed is back. I'd rather split the DP money uh, up for a backup right back and another midfielder. Does that make sense, or is the cap hit from a DP so low that if you split it, uh, that uh, that if you split up that cap space, you'd end up with USL quality players? So, I, I understand what you're saying uh, on this one, but you can't look at the DP money as like, oh, well, we would spend four million dollars on this DP, but instead we're going to spend two million on each of them, or whatever it is, or you know, three million on one, and whatever it is. Uh, the cap hit is probably going to be the same because it's probably going to be around that $600,000 level, at least for your, uh, for your midfielder. So the cap hit is going to be the same as it would be for a DP. And you're just talking about spending a millionaire's money, right? That's, that's it. That's, that's the only thing you've lost. Uh, and then for the backup right back, you're probably going to want a guy who's fairly solid on a veteran deal. And he's probably going to be making 150 to 200 grand. So actually the cap hit is going to be around $800,000 is well, I would assume in that situation. All that yeah. said, I think you do need both those positions, but you know, here we are. I mean, again, yeah, and but at the same time, it's like with the right back. I mean, Segura looked fine. <laughs> you know, you know. So again, it's like yeah, it, yeah, like having Segura back and healthy again. Change. I like I said, that's where I feel like where my position was a month ago has changed dramatically because of what it is starting to kind of as it starts to kind of work itself out you're gonna have you know you have bail and you have you know segura coming back healthy and you have keelini so it just it just changes the conversation in a, in a yeah so i'm gonna way. i'm gonna jump ahead there as we're because there's a question about that jonathan at Buzology, um from shoulder to shoulder as asks us our thoughts on segura's emergency right back so it sounds like you're fine with that idea I'm fine with with Segura as the backup right back, as long as it doesn't mean that Sebastian Ibeaga sees the field. <laughs> so, like, if if it's down to Segura or Ibeaga have to come in and play center back, but then Escobar goes down, so now it's Ibeaga playing center back and Segura playing right back. That's where I have the issue with it. Yeah. So if Mamadou falls all the way back, good, perfect, done. Mm-hmm. And this what I said. I feel like there's enough runway here where you don't need to bring someone in. I think again, right now you're comfortable with Hollingshead being yeah. the backup, yeah. and then if you know again, because again, this they get you, we run into that problem because fall. You know, there's stuff going on with fall and Cheeky's out. So right, right. You know, again, I I think when it when it push comes to shove, we're in, we're in an okay position as it pertains to that with with Segura filling in should should we need him to again? And then that's assuming that, you know, we had, we're missing a, a fullback and then, you know, our back line is still hasn't figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one at Danny's looking forward to the team meshing better. Bale came on and we suddenly they looked like a bunch of tryhards. not the cleanest game, but happy for the dub. Uh, yeah. Nashville is a good team defensively. So you can't, you can't um, completely fault LAFC for not, being able to put together a quality attack the entire time. 
Um, but I do agree that, you know, Bale, as he gets integrated more and he kind of understands what he's working with, it'll, it'll look a lot better. Josh. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right on there. Last one is from, uh, at somber Emirat. He just says, that is how you fight. And I know that this is kind of somber's thing, right? He always wants to see some bite from the players. He wants to see some venom and some piss and vinegar. And I think, uh, I think we saw a little bit more of that tonight. Yeah. But, in a, but also in a way that, Right, like it's like it controls the game, right? Like you know, like and I think that's where having a guy like Keelini really sews it all together, right? Is that again? It's like you yeah. can do those things without ever losing your grip and your handle on the situation. Right? Did you and see? Think, did you see Keelini run by Mukhtar and bop him on the head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dark arts, man. I mean, that's why I you know. bring him in. I know you just get in people's heads. Just oh man, so it's. It's great. It's great. All right. Well, we've gone way over here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for all the questions. And again, we're we're thrilled about this. LFC, you're back at the top of the table. Josh, anything else you want to get to tonight? No. It was, like I said, let's bask in the wind and enjoy it. Um, and then we're on to the next one. Absolutely. You can follow the show at CounterPress underscore me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh. LFC Josh on Twitter. We will talk to you all after the next match. Good night. <laughs>